may the force be with you. Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. Are you an aspiring filmmaker? Do you love film? Or are you new to filmmaking? Scranton Talks is the podcast for you. It is full of inspirational, informative, and fun talks with other filmmakers about their projects and their journeys. Scranton Talks is part of the Independent Film Creative Hub based in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hosts Luce Cabrales and myself, Desiree Zielinski, founded the Independent Film Creative Hub, which is geared to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. And I am so super excited that you can join us for this very special episode in honor of Star Wars Day if you've ever joined in one of our live broadcasts. You can tell by my background that I have a bazillion Star Wars posters behind me and every day is Star Wars Day in my neck of the woods. <laughs> I am a huge Star Wars fan so when Luce Tony, Tony Susie who has been on our talks before and he's on this one, uh, Luce Tony and I went to the Jim Thorpe Film Festival in April which is awesome. Be sure to check that out. Um, I happened to tell Luz, like, we should really do a Star Wars Day talk for May the 4th. And so we thought that was a really great idea. So we put that on our schedule and we did some promotion for the upcoming May the 4th talk. And Luz got in, uh, contacted by someone to see if we can get a special guest on that special episode for Star Wars Day. So with little back and communication, little back and forth communication and logistics, we got everything aligned and we had this awesome special guest, none other than Daniel Roebuck. It was so awesome to have Daniel Roebuck on this episode of Scranton Talks for Star Wars Day. Um, and we also had a couple of people that we know who are huge Star Wars fans. We had Tony Susie, who's a big Star Wars fan, his friend Lee Shannon, and we also had Richard Zelensky, my father. <laughs> who is a Star Wars fan as well, kind of to round out that. And we did some fun trivia and got to talk to Daniel about his projects, what it's like being an actor, director, writer, producer, as well as his connection to Star Wars specifically. But a little bit about Daniel Roebuck. He is originally from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Shout out to the Northeast Pennsylvania Lehigh Valley region there. Uh, he's been a fan of movies and television from a very early age. He was immediately drawn to actors and comedians. Nearly 30 years later, Daniel Roebuck has amassed a substantial resume as an actor, writer, and director. His film credits include The Fugitive, U.S. Marshals, and Final Destination, as well as popular titles including Agent Cody Banks and its sequel, That's What I Am, Money Talks, and Flash of Jesus, and so many others. Lately, Roebuck has enjoyed working in a number of horror movies. That's his favorite genre. And he has collaborated with filmmakers like Rob Zombie on Halloween, Halloween 2, Devil's Rejects, and Lords of Salem. He also appeared in Don Carcerelli's cult favorite Bubba Hotep, as well as directors Reggie's Tales and John Dies at the End. Um, he also has made a ton of television guest star appearances. Some of his most memorable are a cop a cop who literally turns into a pig on Grimm, a Romulan on Star Trek Next Generation, a gun-toting hostage-taker on NYPD Blue, a cranky studio owner on Sunny with a Chance, and a grieving father on Glee. He played another memorable roles on New Adventures of Old Christine, NCIS, Ghost Whisperer, CSI, Boston Legal, CSI Miami, Law & Order, Desperate Housewives, and Hot in Cleveland. But he's most popular if there's anyone who's been a fan of Lost, 
Daniel Roebuck plate portrayed the infamous Dr. Leslie Arts and the aggravate the aggravating science teacher whose explosive exit in the finale of the first season remains one of television's most surprising and talked about moments. And it was so it was an honor to have Daniel Roebuck join us for our Scranton Talks for Star Wars. And it was so much fun. And he's such a wonderful man and a very inspirational talk. And we had we did the first half talking about Daniel and his projects. He's uh, the owner and director, producer for his nonprofit, A Channel of Peace. Be sure to check that out. We explain all that in the upcoming episode here. And then we bring in our Star Wars fans. We talk about Star Wars. We do a little bit of trivia. And to date, um, actually, we hit our one-year mark for Stratton Talks. We actually, it's our year in May. Um, our first grant and talks was on May 3rd, back in 2021. So we were celebrating our one-year anniversary. And since we've been doing this for about a year, this this episode is the longest episode we've ever done. It Our live broadcast went about an hour and 30 minutes, but it was so much fun. Be sure to tune in the whole thing. Check out the video broadcast on our YouTube channel. It was awesome. We, we talked with Star about Star Wars and did some fun trivia. And without further ado, here is our special Scranton Talks episode for Star Wars Day with Daniel Roebuck. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us on another episode of Scranton Talks. My name is Desiree and I am the co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub and NEPA Film Society, as well as the organizer of the Mystery Box Film Challenge. And hello everyone, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Luz and I am also the co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub, as well as Scranton Films. We're very excited that you're all here today joining us on a very special episode. Yeah, everyone, and happy May the 4th be with you. Happy Star Wars Day. We are very excited about today's episode as we have a veteran of the film industry and our first ever celebrity on Scranton Talks, Daniel Roebuck, is joining us in a few minutes. We are going to learn more about him as a creative in the film industry, and you'll also find out his connection to Star Wars. Yes, and I forgot to mention, uh, we are streaming, I think, like eight platforms right now youtube channel Uh, and facebook (laughs) youtube facebook uh we are everywhere on social media after we finish our lives we also put them on instagram uh so make sure to follow over all of our all of our pages let me see if i can put it up here i'm trying to do too many things at once (laughs) but right here facebook youtube and instagram independent film creative hub we also have our personal pages but if you want to send a message everything goes to the independent film creative hub uh, and we also have the ourcreativehub.com. what that does is that you can become a member it's free uh we are trying to put a network of films independent films all in the website uh, so you can watch and you can learn if you're not sure how to do something you can get inspired from other filmmakers um so but uh you know i like i always talk too much Desiree, right (laughs) no no it's okay we are very excited and so grateful that daniel can be on our show today and to celebrate star wars day we'll be Mm -hmm. also having three star wars fans joining us tony Susie. Lee Shannon and Richard Zelensky, they will be joining the second half of the show for a fun Star Wars conversation and some trivia. And make sure you comment and chat and ask questions and we'll be sure to get them on the show. 
Yes, and I will be moderating. Uh, I don't consider myself a, a super, super Star Wars fan because then I will, you know, I just don't know a lot of the films, but I know all the originals. I appreciate uh, Star Wars very, very much. But this, uh, you know, these filmmakers, this this Star Wars fans that are coming in, they know their their stuff. So that's why mm -hmm. I decided yep. to moderate today. And <laughs> is going to get on the conversation. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be fun. Um, uh, but first, we're going to learn more about Daniel and what he's doing, uh, what he has done professionally and mm -hmm. also professionally on in our area. <laughs> and welcome, Daniel Roebuck. Yes, welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you are a great supporter of independent film, and we will talk a little bit about that, but uh, we cannot thank you enough for making this happen for yeah, us. Thank you so much. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, uh, thrilled to be spending this very special day with such nice people, and uh, I, I'm very blessed in what I've been able to do and bring to independent filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And you guys, starting from the ground up, mm -hmm. uh, it's even more impressive to me that uh, you're figuring out a way between your organization and FIFO and all these yeah. other great organizations. You guys are really bringing the love of film and independent filmmaking to uh, to everybody, yeah. and that's great. Yes, thank you so much. And and like you said, you said it well. Uh, we uh, networking is is mm -hmm. is really what I strive for. Uh, just having to meet people that have the same similarities. They love uh, being creative. Uh, that's how we uh, got to. We went to a FIFO meeting in Allentown, uh, Easton, and we were able to meet people. And then we connected, and here we are. I mean, this is amazing just to be able to yeah. connect with you. Um, so what we're gonna do is uh, we have our show tailored uh, on you first, and then oh. we're gonna do this. Yep. The second part is gonna be all about Star Wars. We're gonna find your connection for those who don't know already um so they can't ask guess. Oh, all right <laughs> exactly yeah there's a little hint in the background yeah <laughs> and i'm gonna ask the first question and i usually ask this uh for, for you you have built a career as an actor uh for you know you have built a career for like over 200 or 40 years credits. 40 40 That's long impressive. years Very impressive. over 40 long years and i believe it, this may not be updated over 250 credits uh and you're also a writer producer director um please tell our audience and anyone who's watching uh just how you got first interested in the film and television industry oh well i i i wish that i could tell you that i was like a thespian and i was i wanted to be an actor but I really just wanted to be on TV. Uh, I watched TV. I loved TV. I was obsessed with TV. And I wanted to be an entertainer. The truth is, uh, I became an actor, but first I was a ventriloquist. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> and okay. it wasn't like right at the end of ventriloquism, I came in. And I was a creepy six-year-old boy with a doll that I made talk. So that, let's say... I, I realized that I wasn't finding an audience. Then I became uh, uh, an impressionist, then a clown in a circus when I was 12, then a magician. Then I found the theater, then I did stand-up comedy. But when I discovered the theater, I kind of discovered what I wanted the most. And really it was through performances of actors. My interest in horror movies was born in the universal horror movies and watching a guy like, I always say this, like I figured out that 
Boris Karloff was Dr. Neiman, who was kind of like Dr. Frankenstein <laughs> in House oh. of Frankenstein, but he's also the monster that Frankenstein makes in Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein, the Son of Frankenstein. Like I started realizing these are actors in makeup. Amazing. Right. Uh, and that's kind of what drew, drew, I think, and captured me and pulled me in. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And, and and that's great for anyone who's listening, because a lot of times I think as, as artists, we feel that we have to know exactly what we want to do in life. Right. Uh, and you put it perfectly. You have tried, you know, different things, but they're all to me, at least seem to be in the creative field. Right. Well, they, it is. I mean, it's almost r ridiculous how everything, everything, everything always comes circle. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. So imagine I was doing impressions and my mother, I had the greatest mother in the world and she took me to see Rich Little. And after I saw Rich Little, we stood in line and we met him and he signed my book. And I was, a, and I said, I'm an impressionist too. And he was very nice to me, you know, like, okay. Like there's a difference between Rich Little, the top of the field and me, you dirty rag, you stink. Like, uh, let's say I didn't have even his vocal range. Anyway. That's what I did when I was a kid. Then one day I'm playing Jay Leno and Rich Little's playing Johnny Carson. So I like everything that God and I give all the credit to God, everything yes. God led me to, he made sure I learned because he knew I would need it in the future. Uh, yes, and that's and, how and my every life. little thing helps, right? Every, I mean, mm -hmm. you, I, I don't know. Is there a time where you maybe have had a role and 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 i do apologize desiree i like i talk a no, lot that's okay so i'm gonna no. after this i'm gonna let uh desiree, she has a lot of really good questions it's okay but this just uh just a quick follow-up was there a role in your career that maybe reminded you of all the things that you were doing prior to that that helped you uh develop that character well i mean yes doing? like i mean using let's say using that example of i'm gonna find a picture using that example of uh, the late shift, like mm -hmm. playing Jay Leno. And now dig this. So this is me here. I got to figure out how to do yes, it. Yes, we see it. Yeah, we see it. But you're not seeing it. <laughs> no, see there it is. That's a little bit. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> me as a vampire clown in a circus in 1977. That's okay. me as a vampire clown in a circus. And that vampire wow. clown's name was The Count. Uh, because I'm, I was a vampire clown. Then when Rob Zombie asked me to be in the Munsters, oh wow, my favorite I'm show, the Count, <laughs> who's a funny vampire. So mm -hmm. it's not just yeah. kind of, sort of like it, right? It's exactly like, it. and it's just the same with the Late Shift. Or as a child, I was obsessed with the TV show The Odd Couple. I love The Odd Couple. Oh, Tony, yeah. Rand right. Tony Randall's my favorite actor. Jack Lugman. Love them, love them, love them. And I knew everything about Gary Marshall, who made it, and I knew everything about him. And then one day, I played Gary Marshall. I played the guy who created the odd couple for TV. Like, everything comes full circle. So here's what I, I love to say this to any young person listening, young people. Pay very close attention. You are being given all the information you need. When my children are learning how to drive, and you spend all your time like this. And Desiree, I know we're going to meet your dad. Yeah, please. Like <laughs> yep. I had to learn how to stick. Drive. That was even extra hard. 
Yeah. And I would, oh yeah, even worse. And I would say to the kids, all the information you need is right in front of you. Meaning watch the cars on the freeway a mile ahead because they're going to tell you what's coming up. You're going to see them turn or break or whatever. Okay. People listening, everything God puts in front of you is for a reason. Whether you don't believe in God, take the word God out. Put universe. I don't care. Take universe out. Put mother nature. I don't care. There's a force of good and positivity. You can call it anything you want, but that force is guiding you to a place that you belong. And the only difference between me and any other actor who was given all the information and input I was is I never did any drugs. I stopped drinking when I was 24, I think, or 25. Every time someone tried to move me away, be it a girlfriend or when people tried, my parents who I love, they don't want you to go and be disappointed. Like right. every everything that works against you, you've got to push back and you've got to follow through. So I am here because I was given all the information and I didn't ignore it. That's why I'm here. That's, that's great advice. I, I, I am definitely putting that you know, right here. Yeah, and I, I, am I go- totally agree. Right I feel the same way. <laughs> but I'm going to uh, follow that. And it's a great metaphor just as far as, you know, driving and learning how to drive because you're right. Uh, you know, things are going to come up, you know, and you're going to yeah. have to be ready for that. Um, and you have so to, that's yeah, right. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. I'll let Desiree go. <laughs> that's right. I'll let you drive, Desiree. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Desiree, I'm waiting for your brilliant <laughs> question. So you are, for those who don't know, you are originally from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. That's um, true. If Lehigh anybody Valley, doesn't know that. From the Lehigh Valley. And you have filmed independent films as part of your a channel of peace. Can you tell us more about your mission and why is it important to bring those stories to life and film here in Pennsylvania? Thank you. So, look, we we have a lot of Hollywood movies that uh, their mission is to uh, change or educate or uh, make a political statement. Uh, and I think what we're just kind of missing is good old-fashioned movies that were yeah. just made to entertain you. So my promise isn't that I'm going to convert you to any faith. My promise is that we will entertain you with the movies. Step one. So I don't make the political objective and I don't care what your politics are because, you know, the left, the right, they all make movies for you. I, the only thing I promote, I don't promote politics. I, I promote a relationship with a higher power because, because as we're talking, that relationship has not only helped me to achieve my goals in life, it's made me a better father, a better citizen, a better husband. It's made me a better human. Uh, that I remind myself daily that I am not the center of the universe. I'm one little part. So I just want to make entertaining movies. And I make them in Pennsylvania, especially the Lehigh Valley. Because While you do that, I'm going to share that montage. So keep talking. Oh, yeah, sure. We, oh, here's some People photos can... of us shooting. So I make the movies there because I love, that's my daughter, by the way, who wrote oh, and directed uh, the second movie with me. There she is. My daughter, my wife, Tammy, who produces with me. Um, so we make them in the valley because the valley is gorgeous. You could just see in these pictures. Uh, oh, yeah, look, the steel stacks are amazing. Who gave my daughter a megaphone? This might be <laughs> like sending a monkey to the moon. Um, so 
We have such a great time making the movies there and working with people. On the first movie, I literally had 20, I think 20 people from Bethlehem Catholic who weren't even interested in making movies, who were part of my crew. And I have all this great talent and I know where the places are. And then I bring there's uh, Stephanie Zimblist and Basil Hoffman. I bring the great actors to the Lehigh Valley. And then we work with local caterers. We work with local business owners. Even the local news is there to help mm -hmm. us make the movies. Uh, and it's yeah. I, we're, we're so blessed to have that support. And our, can I say one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. We're here at St. Luke's Hospital. And St. Luke's uh, is absolutely, I'm uh, one of their community spokespeople. And they always help us make the movies. Yeah, it's it's kind of like what Luce and I see here up the north up the up the valley of the northeast Scranton Wilkes-Barre area. There's so much talent here. There's you could like you could shoot anything here in this region. Like we're two hours away from New York City, two hours away from Philadelphia. We're in a prime area in this area, and just to get these productions back here because it's like it doesn't have to always be Los Angeles or New York City, and they seem kind of saturated now with productions so yeah, kind of well, bringing it here back to pennsylvania is what we are all about those are our producers there and this is our crew local and from out of town so look the problem is they make a movie in scranton and they've made movies in pennsylvania mm -hmm. and it's like oh let's let's show how horrible scranton is let's show <laughs> how you know dilapidated yeah. allentown yeah. is not me man my yeah. movies are a love letter to the valley. Uh, and anybody who sees my movies, and I, I've taken Getting Grace all over uh, the United States and Canada, and the most consistently asked question is, is the Lehigh Valley that beautiful? Look, here we are. These Look at these pictures. We're up at the, yeah, the Mary Immaculate Seminary that the Jandal family let us use to make this uh, this particular film, The Hail Mary. Uh you know this, and I see like the whole community, Grace Industries, came and they they lined that field for us. And every school, Becca, Liberty, Lehigh, Penn State, we had to go to Lafayette to get all the helmets. There's uh, uh, Liberty High School. We we use their choir in with our boys. Just incredible blessings from the Lehigh Valley. Yes. Yeah, it is definitely a blessing. And just having someone like you that is producing this, I mean, um, as far as the area, you are bringing jobs as well. You are also mm -hmm. bringing knowledge uh, just to all those younger filmmakers that may not know, you know, how, you know, a Hollywood production looks. They get to see that with your films. Are you able to talk about the films that you have worked through a channel of peace? Yes. So we've done the first movie I made was Getting Grace. Uh, that was done independently through equity financing. Look, there we are at Dorney Park. God bless Dorney Park. That's film there because in 1967, they filmed The Trouble or Where Angels Go, Trouble Follows, and they put Nuns in Dorney Park. So I had to put Nuns in Dorney Park. Um, so the next movie to come out is called uh, is called Lucky Louie. I wrote and directed it with my daughter there, with Beth uh and, uh, and that was Christy Dundon, our costumer. Uh, that one's about a cop who couldn't solve a crime from 50 years ago, a bank robbery. So he teams up with his Bible study, which are four ex-convicts uh, who he arrested and rehabilitated. And a forensic psychology major played by Madeline Dundon, who played Grace and Getting Grace. Mm -hmm. And come together and we solve the crime together. And then 
the Hail Mary, the movie you're seeing photos of now, this was it's about a, a a man who desperately needs redemption and this religious sister, a Catholic nun, who uh, finds him and in order to lead him to his redemption, she cons him into creating a football team for her all-boys Catholic school. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. We do have a trailer for Lucky Louie. I'm not sure if we're able to show it. It's a preliminary trailer. Yeah, you can show it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's show it, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about it because I know that one is uh, almost is, uh, post-production, correct? Yes, we're almost done. And um, Okay, so we can talk all day, but we're going to get to one very very important part uh may 4th uh you um your connection to star wars uh how about we uh have this way <laughs> say that and then i'm gonna bring in uh all of our filmmakers all right so get ready guys behind we have yeah. tony susie yeah, tony and rich and lee. lee all right now this just got interesting okay because uh yeah let me we're gonna like, do um we would uh let me just uh introduce this real quick uh that's right go go ahead you want me to introduce everybody? Introduce everybody. I, I don't think I did it. <laughs> no. Um, so we have Tony Susie. He is a local filmmaker from the Scranton area, a Star Wars fan. Um, we have Lee Shannon. He is a graphic designer and illustrator located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And we have Richard Zielinski. He is a retired electrical engineer and a Star Wars fan himself. He is from Troop, Pennsylvania. And my father. <laughs> I like talking about burying the lead. <laughs> like, Rich, don't you think she would have started... Here's my blessed sainted father. I'm following a script, so Tony oh, was first. Oh. <laughs> hey, Tony, write the script. I'm used to being last, having a, a Z for the first letter of my last name. Yep. I was yep. the almost the last one to graduate when I was in high school. I was almost the last one to graduate too, but it's because they put us <laughs> according to class ranking, not name. So I was I was back there with the kids from Juvie. No, we, we oh, graduated. Wow. I graduated from a Catholic high school. And we did alphabetical, oh. and there was a Zinker and a Zukreski behind me. Oh, so you beat them, yeah. and yeah. that's only because you were in a you were in a, a a highly highly Catholic Eastern European town, uh, you know. Because if you're in Arizona, there's no the Gleskis or anything like that there. Yeah, but um. Let's to kick off Star Wars Day, um, Daniel. If we want to talk about mm -hmm. Star Wars and kind of introduce um, everyone here and kind of like talk about your involvement with mm -hmm. the Star Wars franchise, the video game Jedi: The Fallen Order, and how you got involved with it and how that came about. Yeah, well, such you do that. I'll show some pictures. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you guys, uh, they're smart enough to not tell men our age that you're auditioning for Star Wars. When I was auditioning, I was reading for a video game, and uh, I had these lines. I kept talking about uh, uh, knights, you know, these knights, knights, knights. And uh, at one point after the audition, things were going well, and I was going to do it again, and the director, who I knew, said, Dan, instead of saying knights, why don't you say Jedi? And I, I was like, <laughs> What are you talking <laughs> about? So that's the moment I knew I was auditioning for Jedi. There's uh, Deborah, who's, who plays Seer. And don't tell anybody you saw these pictures. I guess that's what I'm doing. 
Um, that was probably a picture. Oh, from my, Before I get in trouble, let's just put that. No, no, it's all good. No, no, these are from. <laughs> it's all good. It's all. Oh, thank you. These are all from. <laughs> just uh, in case. Yeah, <laughs> these have all been out, and that's when you make the video movie. That's what you look like. Like that's me flying that's the spaceship. Yeah, and we have some audience members that want to do that. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if this is called motion capture or any. If this that, is called uh, per per performance capture because performance capture. it's not just getting the way you move. It's you're you're acting and you're interacting, which isn't easy because I'm six foot tall. My character that I play is four foot tall, and so I spend a lot of time when I'm talking, looking at the rafters of the set, so it looks like I'm looking at their eyes, and they put two. Uh, two eyes on my belly, and that's when where people look at when they're talking to me. But you yeah. guys, look. I mean, I know we have a lot of Star Wars to talk about, and I don't certainly don't want to monopolize the conversation. But let me just say okay. that they take this very seriously. When you're on uh, the any Star Wars project, uh, Lucas Arts has a representative there, and you know. As, like any movie, there is some improvisation and some some addition and some changing and working with the dialogue. They make sure that it's it's right and in line with the kind of the, the I don't know the canon, and everything has to be can canonical. Canonical. Very cool. And yeah. and all these jobs that we see, all these people, those are jobs in the creative field. Uh, you don't just have to be a director, producer, uh, cameraman, uh, all that stuff. Uh, so this is great that people are seeing that that the creative aspect goes beyond just uh, you know the yeah. main titles. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, mm -hmm. a video game probably has a bigger crew than any movie. Um, yeah. Did you guys play any of the other games, or have you played this one? Tony, I haven't Rich, done that one please. yet. I used to play video games a long time ago. I like Jedi Knights of the Old Republic. That's like, that's what I grew up playing. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to play Fallen Order yet, but it's been on my list for forever. <laughs> I was a huge now, now that you know gamer you. as a kid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, yeah. So okay. I think like one of the Star Wars questions that we have mm -hmm. is like, why do you think if we can go around the horn, whoever wants to start first, why do you Hold think on, Star Hold yeah. on. Sure. You're a fan now. You're not a host. I'm oh. a host. And I'm oh, going to moderate. You're, now oh, you get to moderate. answer questions. And now you get to answer questions. So okay. let's see. How do you become a Star Wars fan? I'm going to put you on the spot first, Desiree. Me? How did I become a Star Wars fan? Well, yeah. this includes my father. I know exactly what happened. My father, who is a Star Wars fan, he's from the original trilogy fans he was around when star wars first came out in 1977 i'm sorry to date you <laughs> like to date your age there but <laughs> but uh my dad had the original trilogies on beta tapes which oh. i think you still do they do <laughs> and you showed me the three films when i was nine and i'm like oh those are cool <clears throat> but then the phantom menace came out in 1999 and you took me to the theaters to see episode one the phantom menace and that just like really solidified everything for me and i know people don't like the prequels for whatever reason but i love them they were the ones that ushered me in as like the original trilogy ushered my father in into being a fan very cool well thank you uh daniel how about you well when star wars came out in 1977 we were in uh we were in canada and we almost had my father convinced to let us see it in Montreal in French. And then, I mean, common sense, 
why the hell would I want to see the stupid movie in the language I don't even know? So my brother and I were horrified, but we had to wait uh, another week. And then I went to see it at the Boyd Theater. And uh, Rich and I can attest that movie was made, I don't know how else to say it, with all due respect, for us. It was beamed right into the heads of, at the time I was 13, Rich, you were certainly around that age. It was beamed right into our heads. Grew up watching Buck Rogers, and we grew up watching Flash Gordon, and, and it was all old-fashioned. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it was new fashion. And you couldn't – I went five, six times to the Boyd Theater. I'm sure Rich, you probably – but mm -hmm. we kept going back. Oh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Rich. Go right yeah, ahead. Rich. Follow go that ahead. up. That's pretty good. I kind of got into it the same way. I'm, I've always been, being a, a techie and, you know, my future career was an engineer, I've always been into the sci-fi stuff. For some reason, I never got into Star Trek. But when Star Wars came out, back in the day when I was a kid, you had Saturday morning cartoons, and part of the Saturday morning cartoons were what they used to call spaghetti westerns. And the thing that struck me about Star Wars is it was kind of like a futuristic spaghetti western. You had the good guys on one side, you had the bad guys on the other side, and they almost even wore white and black. You know, yeah. So that's kind of what got me into it. And the I, I can remember the first where I seen episode four was up in the, the old Viewmont Mall used to have where BAM is now. That used oh. to be a movie theater. And it was the first time, short of the old theaters in downtown Scranton, it was the first time you ever had a multiplex theater where there were multiple theaters in one building. And I saw Star Wars there with a group of friends of mine. And I think I probably went back and saw it within the next six months, probably at least three or four times. And then a little backstory to where we alluded to Desiree saying I had the original, I originally had the first trilogy on beta tapes and because back in the day beta was better than vhs it was we all we thought it was going to be the future <laughs> oh, me and yeah. Rich were the only two who thought it were the only two <laughs> yep and i i actually joined there were used to be a tape club called columbia house and i actually joined huh? I the tape club that. in order to get the three movies on tape and unfortunately I don't have them in beta anymore because I don't have my I before my beta machine quit I transferred them to DVD and the uh, Return of the Jedi ended up getting eaten in the machine. Oh. But you still yeah. have the uh, physical I tapes? still have I still have everything. I've I've got the I've got both the original cuts of the trilogy and the remakes that Lucas did after the prequels come out. Yeah, we're wow. so you guys should know. I'm, I, I know we got young people have to talk, but at, at our house in Florida, Tammy has the unmolested <laughs> versions of the movie. Hand shoots first. Everybody, job of the huts fat. Everybody talk like whatever, whatever was we have it, and you you protect those like you know you're like don't get away from my tank because when the machine eats them. Rich, you and I'll be in touch. I'll find you a copy of the one you're missing. I appreciate that. There you go. All right, we'll let the uh, youngsters here talk. Yeah, you know, like uh, me and Tony. Uh, Lee, uh, Lee, go right ahead. Us young whippersnappers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I 
remember it very clearly. I owe it uh, very much to my brother, actually. So it was um, 2002. Attack of the Clones had just come out. I was probably 10. And and kind of Star Wars had gone past me, pretty much. Um, my mom had grown up with them, but my dad hadn't. And my parents aren't really big into like sci-fi or fantasy or even movies. Like, Don't hold that against them. <laughs> They're great people otherwise. <laughs> um, but it's just not, not part of what they typically um, do to entertain themselves. And so... Um, we hadn't, me and my, my two siblings hadn't really been exposed to Star Wars. Um, but yeah, um, it was over Christmas every year, me and my younger sister and my younger brother would be, you know, going to different like kid Christmas parties and class Christmas parties and whatever. So we'd go to five below the, the $5 store to get like, you know, lava lamps or whatever <laughs> to, to exchange in secret Santas. And my, my kid brother, he was like five at the time was bored out of his mind. We were walking through five below and he goes, mom, mom, Lee and Alice get to get toys. Not really understanding what a secret Santa was. I want this. Can I get something? I want this. And he grabs a Mace Windu action figure. And all this five-year-old kid knew was that this dude with a purple lightsaber making like a chopping motion was the coolest thing he'd ever seen. And he was right. Turns out Mace Windu is the coolest thing there is. Um, and he was like, I want this. And he would not relent. And my mom was like, well, you don't even know. You've never seen Star Wars. You don't even know what this is. Wouldn't give up. So we left the five below with a Mace Windu action figure. And my mom was <laughs> like, hey, maybe I should show these kids Star Wars <laughs> now that I think about it. And uh, like that week, we went out and rented the original trilogy. And that was it. I was hooked. I had never seen anything so big or weird or cool in my whole life. and. And that was it. The rest of my childhood was, was like, you couldn't talk to me without me bringing up Star Wars. I, I played like every Star Wars video game that was released from like, starting with like Knights of the Old Republic on through. Um, this is like the first, actually, um, Fallen Order is like the first Star Wars game I haven't played yet. And I'm like, it feels weird that I haven't played this. Um, and I read like all of the old <laughs> EU. Yeah, that was... That was oh, like the only language I spoke for like 15 years. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Tony, how about uh, you? Yeah. So hello. All. Um, I, it's kind of weird. The way that I always explain it, it's like odd than a lot of other people is like, I never remember a time where I've never seen Star Wars. Like my cousins were really big into it and they were growing, they were a bit older than me. So like they grew up not quite at the time when it came out, they didn't see the original trilogy in theaters, but like I was born in 93, but like, I, I just, they must have sat me down as like a two or three year old and, and had me watch Star Wars because by the time I got to kindergarten, I was fully waving around lightsabers and making the noise with my mouth and like, you know, the wah, wah, wah. Like, there was never a time where I don't remember having seen Star the original trilogy. So, like, to the point where I've always just loved it and been amazed by it. And I didn't even like, I just remember watching Star Wars like so young that I didn't even understand any of it. Like I didn't even know, like I knew, okay, a droid's kind of like a robot, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, like just not even like being so young that you don't even understand the story, but it's just, you're blown away by it. Um, and like that being like the kind of the mid nineties and really loving the original trilogy, having cousins that loved it, getting the action figures, getting the lightsabers, like growing up with that. And then once, like, I actually remember like, Oh, there's new star Wars coming out in like 99. And then like, Oh, that's crazy. Like, I thought that was something that was done. So like at the age of like six, like 
I before even the movie came out, like we went to see it on opening day, but there was like the toys. Like I was very big into the action figures. We stood in line at, at like midnight as the toys were released and got like the episode one toys, like the whole collection, like little spoiled in that sense. That it was like my mom, my aunt, my cousin, we all waited in line, got all the toys. And that was a big like setup that we went to see episode one in theaters at the ripe old age of six. I was completely blown away. <laughs> unfortunately the movie hasn't aged as well with me but it's still i love it and i appreciate it for certain reasons um and then like yeah we saw two in the theater like it was a family affair at that point i went with my mom my dad cousins we saw them many times you know revenge of the sith and like it just with each successive one because that was like you know early like i was like what 12 or 14 or whatever like perfect that those the prequel trilogy hit me at the perfect time of like like you say, uh, in the 70s, Daniel and uh, Rich, like those movies were meant for you guys. Like by the time in the late 90s and early 2000s, the prequel trilogy was perfect for like I was just the perfect audience for it. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, and then like it's interesting, like seeing like with the sequel trilogy come around, like that's how I introduced my younger cousin to it. And that's how she got into it. So like this kind of multi-generational thing. But yeah. that. Yeah. So I never remember time not having seen Star Wars. Uh, and it's just always been a some like a creative inspiration i love it so yeah very cool thank you for sharing okay so uh, i'm only gonna do three questions because we're gonna do a trivia yeah. okay because okay. you all seem to be very very uh knowledgeable okay so <laughs> i'm gonna test your knowledge and see um so just uh let's go what is your all-time favorite character uh we'll start with desiree we'll just go in a row okay um, that would have to be Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, pretty much because of like Ian McGregor portraying Obi-Wan. I'm so excited for the series to come out on um, May 27th. Um, I don't, because, because I'm always drawn to like the Jedi and the good side, um, just how stoic the Jedi Knights are. I remember playing like, I played Jedi Knights of the Old Republic public on the original xbox and you could go either way in that game if people don't know you can play on the good side or go down to the bad side so it's a choice you have to make it it turns out a different way depending on which side you go on and i completed the game on the good side so i'm like well let me try the bad side and i couldn't do it just can't do the bad side <laughs> so i don't i just um yeah because i i'm pretty drawn to the jedi and i i was obi-wan for halloween that was the only one who could really pull off the ponytail so <laughs> So, all right. So, yeah. well, I remember Thank you. Ponytail was a clip on. <laughs> oh. But I had an actual ponytail. All the secrets, <laughs> uh, Rich. This is the time, okay? Just any secret you want to come up, you know. Oh, bring do out. I have secrets? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go uh, with Daniel. What is your all-time favorite character? Any film? Oh. All right. Good. I mean, I, I, I'm an idiot. But before that, I can just say uh, my favorite of those, the, all the films. Other than the first three is uh, Rogue One. I thought. Oh yeah, I like that. All one. those Rogue characters great. were great. That's all. Okay. That's all. That's all good. All right. How about you, Lee? Well, I was gonna say Obi Wan, but Desiree pretty much said everything I was gonna say. Well, so what I'm gonna say is, um, I love Ahsoka Tano. I'm a huge, huge fan of the um, the animated. Uh, like the more recent animated shows, um, mm -hmm. I especially Rebels, but Clone Wars oh, and I Rebels. Love Rebels. I, yeah, Re Rebels. People are sleeping on Rebels. It's like some of the best Star Wars out there, and it's a it's a really great found family story. It's mm -hmm. it's not just a kid show. It um, you know I'm a full grown adult and I love it. So I'm gonna <laughs> say, I'm gonna say Ahsoka Tano uh, as my 
like overall right. representative from the animated series. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Good. Uh, how about you, Rich? Well, as far as my favorite movie, I think it's Empire Strikes Back. And not because it's part of the original trilogy ring, but I, I just like the creation of the characters from, you know, New Hope moving into mm -hmm. Empire Strikes Back. And my favorite character is Han Solo. Mostly, okay. mostly because of the the change that he goes through between, you know, he was a scoundrel, uh, you know, pirate sort of in, in uh, New Hope, in Empire Strikes Back, being part of the rebellion and going to the to the good side of right. the Force. Yeah, he like he cares about Luke and Leia in that movie. It seems like yes. Okay. Very good. How about you, Tony? This is going to be boring, though, guys, because, like, my favorite is Obi-Wan, and it is very much because of the Ewan McGregor portrayal of it. Mm -hmm. My second favorite is Han Solo, but for <laughs> sh more shallow reasons, because Han Solo is just, like, the coolest. I think he's still, hands down, one of the coolest characters in cinema, period. But like, you, you guys, just... You was, I'm sorry, you yeah. haven't seen Ewan McGregor. Oh, you did see, yeah, in the first, in the three. Okay. Yeah, one, two, and three. So, like, you, you got the, you love the whole Alec Guinness thing with, you know, he was in, and he, he makes such an impact, even though he's in such a small part of, of uh, A New Hope. But then, like, then once there was that backstory with Ewan McGregor, and it was like, oh, yeah, I love this guy. He's great. And, like, his his quips and personality was just amazing. But uh, it, I always go back and forth between Obi-Wan and, and Han, but Obi-Wan is the full favorite, and then Han's very close second. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Um, this is the last question just because, you know, our Facebook and YouTube is blowing up with a lot of comments. Ooh. So I want to get to those a little bit as yeah. well. Uh, in, um, so let's see, which one, which one do I pick? One that's not too controversial because then you guys will go forever because you're fans. Oh, come on. Oh, make it okay. controversial. <laughs> All right. You ready? Okay. Oh, how to watch Star Wars. Oh, no. <laughs> how to watch it. I okay. love this question. That's a horrible question. Yes. Versus a question. order. Okay. And right. on this one, I'm going to let you all talk back and forth. Just kind of go like this. That way we don't get overlapping audio. But okay, I will just let you all lose. Go ahead. Let's oh, no. Let's say who's like in favor of like sequential episode order. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't count. Okay. 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 Who's in like release order, essentially? Or if there's another order that we don't know about. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for for another order. I I'm I wanna write in. Yeah, I'm release okay, order. Lee, Lee, yeah. write it in. Let me see. Yeah. What, Tony what and I think? have the same write in uh, Go for vote, it. I think it's speak it's, for the speak for both of us. Sure. So yeah, I am um, Tony. There's an order that, um, this is maybe the hipster way to watch it, but I think it's really cool. The idea is you watch four and five. So you get introduced to Luke. You learn about his story. He's the main character. And you go on this journey with him. Darth Vader's the bad guy. We've got to defeat Darth Vader. And then you get to the end of, of episode five and you have this big reveal. Oh my God, the bad guy is Luke's father. All right, sorry, spoilers. If anyone somehow doesn't Spoiler. know. For a 50 year <laughs> Oh, Daniel, did I ruin it for you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so old, I forgot. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so you get to the end of episode five. Oh, my God, Darth Vader's Luke's father. How did this happen? How do we get there? Well, let me show you. You go back. You watch the prequels. You meet Anakin. 
you you meet him as a little boy he's innocent he's sweet and you watch him grow up and become corrupted by life and 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 selfishness and manipulation and you get to the end and you get to see how Luke and Leia uh came into the world and and how the empire took over and it ends on this sort of like dark but hopeful note and how's it all going to end then you get to see episode 6 and it's the resolution of the whole story you get to see Anakin's story come to a resolution. You get to see Luke and Leia's story come to a resolution okay. as like one nice little bow. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's, that version has a name, but uh, I, we're going to call it and, the Lee the Tony version. Well, I, I heard about <laughs> it from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I heard about it. Oh, who from, has uh, a. <laughs> who can. Can I, can I just ask? I'm sorry. Don't you want to pause episode four and shove in Rogue One? Ooh, oh, yeah. It? That's, Wouldn't that yeah, be interesting? Like, you gotta run. Exactly. Rogue, Rogue One is between episode yeah. three and episode four. Like anyone you gotta watch Rogue who's One watching, first, yeah, you gotta first. watch. Yeah. You gotta watch confused. Rogue One and New Hope back to back together yeah. on the same night. Yeah. Wait, that's, I'm sorry. It's like Rogue, what planet? Don't they blow up the Rogue One planet in yeah. New Hope? No, they blow yeah. up. They Rogue One happens. Rogue One's whole thing is like it goes right up until five minutes before New Hope starts, which is great because it's when, like they, aren't they the planet that their that Darth Vader wipes out? No, no, that's no, yeah, it's, it's different. That would have been great. How did no one think of that? <laughs> I've I'm, seen so many, so many great memes of like the whole Alderaan thing. Of like, there's like a whole bunch of like stormtroopers on Alderaan. It's like, oh yeah, we just got commissioned here, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, why is the Death Star coming here? And then it's like end of the yeah the the planet yeah. at the end of Rogue One is Scarif yeah oh slightly different was there, it so was it happened right before Alderaan. so you'd watch Rogue One and New Hope exactly that's the order right yeah. that's and the it's chronological really about, order like how they got the Death Star plan that, that's and the Star Wars universe order it's kind of like yeah. when they mention yeah. a New Hope like many Bothams died getting us these plans that's the the backstory. Oh, I That's see. One. I would say four words and make it the planet that Darth Vader blows up and do <laughs> that. It amazes me about the whole thing with Rogue One and New Hope is how when you watch them back to back, which Desiree and I have done at one sitting, how given the date and the time between each making, how much they are almost seamless. Well, mm, they hang that's big, really and, well. and I. You guys, I think that has a lot to do with why it's the better. I'm sorry. Let me just because we're having a debate. Why it's the better movie, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it into one reason. They had to put the guardrails back on the steps. See, to make it look like Star Wars or New Hope or whatever we're calling it, they had to set deck it the way Star Wars looked, as yeah. opposed to the insanity at in the movie where another spoiler. Han Solo dies, there's a, a two-mile-long, four-foot-wide walkway with no <laughs> handles on it. Like, the you know, the Empire architects like to live dangerously. They no, don't care about there's no the Empire. The Empire, the Empire are the, the Nazis. Listen, the Empire <laughs> are the Nazis. bad guys. They're, yeah, they're no, no, OSHA. but they're, they're, they're yeah. the Nazis, and the Nazis had more government than any other organization that ever came to this planet. They already knew how they were going to govern Poland in like 1934. So they had, so there would have been someone who's like, oh, whoa, whoa, you can't have a conversation here. This is dangerous. 
while I'm talking to my son. I don't give a shit who it is. You can't talk on a four-mile-long walkway with no handrails. Someone's going to fall. Oh, you know. Yeah. Anyway, that, there decide, I got that. I decide knew this was going to be good. I knew, I, so did we come up with a, a solution for this? Well, guys, we're, 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 we're also just all forgetting, like, Seven, eight, and nine, but it's okay. I think we I mean, like. Yeah. I think my father. Watch seven, eight, and yeah. nine after this order, basically. I think my father and I like watching in sequential order. How because of the connection, like it connects to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. I think that's probably why we like watching it in order as they so are intended. Just laughing, you guys. So there you go. <laughs> I, I think good. that's my. I think that's my real answer is the sequential order. I just yeah, sequential. Think, okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll just, go. Lee sequential. Right, you have your okay. How about Tony, Lee and Tony have their own theory, the right? Crazy okay. Uh, how about Desiree and uh, Rich? We're um, have we, we. I'm definitely we're sequential. sequential. I've tried it both ways, doing it in release order and sequential. I personally like the sequential. Yeah. Okay. Particularly the plugging in the standalones, Rogue One and uh, the, the Han Solo one. I forget the name of it. Uh, solo store story. I could. Yeah. I thought that was the worst thing I've ever seen. It, it was. was okay. a, it was a, definitely not of the Rogue One quality. I will. I will say that. I think. I think, I think Garth. Great. Like Garth with Rogue. I think it was Garth Edwards who directed Rogue One. Yeah. He's a fan. I think he was a fan of Star Wars, and it's like, like making sure everything in the back end when creating Rogue One is like, like to a T. Probably. I don't know. I if, think. Uh, I think Solo's a great movie if you don't think, if you can go in saying this isn't Han Solo and this isn't really Star Wars. <laughs> if you take all that away, it's a great movie. It's oh, super well, fun, popcorn. I mean, they, great movie, not a great Star Wars like, exactly. The actors are all, the actors are good. Everybody tries hard, but yeah. Solo was like clearly 10 years older than Harrison Ford when he made Star Wars. That's I don't the even, scary I don't part. even understand like, the casting. Those 10 years really aged him. To go from Alden Ehrenreich to hot to uh, Harrison Ford in those ten years, those are some rough ten years. Yeah, but I mean, I think that guy looks older than Harrison Ford. Yeah, it's a it, it's a time. Yeah, but. I can't. You're a better man than I, which I can't watch it. Oh. I can't watch it. I, it, it was like, like you said. It, it's probably out of out of all of the movies, the you know the nine episodes and the two standalones. Uh, that's probably my worst. Yeah, like, I, I, I agree. Like, with, yeah, with like the animated, like I love Star Wars Rebels. It just like they're out there in the universe, not really interacting with the the trilogy, the movie series. Like I had a problem connecting with uh, the Clone Wars because I'm like, how does Anakin have an apprentice? I don't understand that. <laughs> and where are so we in, in the canon? Where is Jedi Fallen Order? It's it's we're before well we're before between three and four if I'm not mistaken between three and definitely four. after yeah. three okay. yeah okay very good very good uh, let's move on uh, to the trivia okay yeah so let me see I'm gonna try this I hope I don't put the uh, answers first but <laughs> let's see now this one Desiree cannot play. Yeah, I gave her the questions. She gave answers. me the questions. Like, I'm not going to come up with these questions, okay? So we're going to um, put all uh, four. I had a helper. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the question, and uh, that's where we'll give the answer, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then do we, do we like, if we know an answer? We have a buzzer? Yeah. How about ding? raise your hand before you <laughs> shout it out, okay? Yes. And then, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Ready? I'm going to put it up over here. 
So, I got to read it. Well, I will say, what planet served as a refuge for Yoda? Tony. Okay, hold on. Mm. You know? I don't remember that Doo -doo. one. Oh, jeez, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you don't know, you don't know, okay? All right. Good? All right, so oh, let's wait see. Wait a minute. Uh, I, 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 I saw Tony first. I saw Tony first. Tony, go ahead. The Dagobah system. Yeah. Okay. Dagobah. It just came to me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It just came to you? Hey, when you get we'll to be my age, Daniel. things come slowly. Yeah, it's Digabot. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have it right here. Let's see. Is that there we go. Going? All right. Okay, it's I'm going to write this down. Hold on. Let's see. Who, who, who got it right? Was it Tony? Tony. And Lee. Tony got it right. Tony, yeah, Lee, and Daniel? No, no, not me. Oh, okay. okay. I, I forgot. Well, you want to go who got it first? It. I think Tony Okay, I got one for... Well, I just got... I'll do the whole... Just like a little stick here. Okay. All right. Okay. Here's this one. Where's Who the is the non-Jedi in the original Star Wars trilogy to use a lightsaber? The only non-Jedi in the original trilogy to use a lightsaber. These were nerd-proof answers, okay? Uh, and we, we verify them. So, okay, They might be okay. moderately and easy, but... <laughs> You can blame Desiree if any of I'm like, here are some questions. <laughs> Who are you picking okay. the answer? Oh, hold on. So, no, uh, Daniel, no? You're out for the I call? can't. I'm, I'm okay. 59. I'm, All right, I'm let's see. Yeah, Lee. <laughs> you mean Lee. to tell me I'm the oldest in the group? Yeah. <laughs> Give me your answer, Lee. It doesn't Lando grab it at one point when they're hanging over the Sarlacc pit? Isn't that who it is? All right. Oh, nope, I'm wrong. Tony? It's Han Solo when he cuts open the Tauntaun. All right, how about oh, uh, Rick? You could also say in in the first episode or in episode four in New Hope that Luke uses the lightsaber Ooh. because right. he's not a Jedi at that point. This is a controversial oh, question, oh, right? The, the answer is Han Solo. Oh, to shut yeah. your poor dad down. <laughs> I think he makes a valid point. She's like, the answer is Han Solo. <laughs> That's not a deep point. I feel like there should be like an essay written on that. Well, Han Solo has that. not become a Jedi. Yes. All right, no. all right. Let's see. Okay. Wait. Where Maybe does he get the? Where does he get the? Uh, Luke. Is, Luke is like you know he's unconscious. unconscious. Right, so, but yeah. he takes it off. Luke. I thought. Yeah. Luke, yeah. He, he, he takes, takes it off. Luke. He takes it off. Luke, Luke and then he, he cuts the tongue. Okay. okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I agree. So cool. He already knows. That gotta I keep Luke warm in the we time also time. have people answering this stuff, so I'll, I'll probably put it up just for fun. Mm. Uh, but okay, so let's see. In the Mandalorian, what is Mando's real name? Yep, that's right. Is that how you say it? Okay. Mando. Mm -hmm. Mando. 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 Okay. We have Lee and Tony. All no, right. Lee? It's Din Jaren. How about you, yep. Tony? That, is that what you were going to say? Din yes. Din gonna say well, I, I, said, I was going to say Din Dindarin because so I... So wrong. Okay. I'm wrong, yeah, yes. Yeah, you're, you're wrong. I like that Lee says it like it's his friend. Din Yeah. I'm a big fan. <laughs> My friend Din Jaren said. Uh-huh. Yeah, we like... Yeah, so we like that also got it right. Din Jaren, yeah. We like the Mandalorian. Mandalorian's been good. One. It's good. Yes. Okay. Din Okay. All right. Next one. Okay. You don't have to go through all the 10 questions I gave you, but <laughs> they're going fast Ooh. and then we'll yeah. call it a night. How many, How many engines does the X Wing fighter have? How many engines? Oh, boy. <laughs> this proves that I'm not a nerd. 
There you go. I got to make it difficult because I knew who was going to be on here. All right. Okay, Rich. I believe four. Lee. Four. The four is what my guess would have been because of the four things on the back. Four. It's four. Losers. One. (laughs) No, you're right. You're you're not wrong. (laughs) That is none. Okay, winners. Let me see if anyone. Sorry. Yeah, okay, just just for fun. We got Billy. Yeah, Billy's right. Scott's uh, right. And Scott. Scott Nagy. Scott Nagy flies a drone <laughs> for a living and he's always in a helicopter. That's so cheating. He <laughs> right. He's a pro. Scott Nagy movie. is our our yeah. our uh flight guy on our movies. He shoots the Oh, he and, very uh, cool. Well, glad uh, you He and Ted Rosenberger help us with all of our oh. mm. <laughs> I what what is the what is it? Toy Darian. Toy Darian. Name who owned Anakin Skywalker. Lee had it up first. I think Lee was okay, first. Okay, Lee. Yeah. It's Watto. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Tony? Yeah, that's my yep, that? It's Watto. It's Watto. <laughs> okay, well, we got Lee. I had to think. Thank I was you. like, "Wait, Tordarian? What is that?" Like, like Watto says, of... "I'm like I'm a Tordarian." Yeah. So like Qui Gon, and it's like, "Yeah, yep, I'm yep, like, right. Next... How many members does the count? Does the Jedi Council have? Come on, uh, I Lee. <laughs> I guys, <laughs> I Lee? when I said this was the only thing I talked about for like fifteen years, <laughs> I was not excited. I should have made harder questions. My, I think this is just a competition between Tony and Lee. So let's see. <laughs> All right, guys. So what do we if have? If you want to talk about, you know. Theater, musical right. theater. Maybe I can win. Go ahead. You got it. On theater day, we'll bring you back. <laughs> we'll yeah. just all theater. Um, wait, Tony. Did you even know, or you're just doing it? So you I have know? a guess, but Lee most likely. No, knows, no you so. do it then. You <laughs> no, it's Lee. Lee. Lee put Lee his knows. hand up first. Lee already no. knows. Lee goes <laughs> first because the hand was up. Nope, the hand was up for Lee. Yeah, but then now you're gonna <laughs> Sorry, say. Tony. All right. Uh, it's 12. My answer was 10, <laughs> so 12. I got it wrong. Ooh, 12. 12. Yeah. 12, yeah, it's 12. Guys, when I was that was what kid, I thought, but I wasn't sure. When I was no, a kid, see, I, made like, I made yeah, like 12. sculpting Sorry, clay models not of all no, the Jedi 12. Okay. All right. Oh, someone said theater day. Count me in. See? We're just oh, getting David. people. That's great, yeah. We're almost done here. Oh, I, yes. I've seen Ask it. one that I might know. Oh, let's see. This was all that's red. Don't, don't blame me. No, oh, I had to make it a little difficult. There's a, new, but there's not a good one coming. Ready? Okay. What kind of trooper is introduced in the, at the beginning of Rogue One? <laughs> <laughs> you said you watched it. I don't know what anybody's named. <laughs> Lee, you're I taking too long. Okay, good. I, yeah, right. it's aren't they just called first, death troopers? Aren't they just called death troopers? They're like, death troopers. They're like dark super troopers. tall, dark, okay. and they're like six foot uh, seven. And death trooper. I missed that. Uh, Tony, what'd you say? A death trooper. Lee, right? I said dark trooper. Tony, Bye. Tony's right. Okay. You guys, I if when I watch Friends, I don't know. There's two guys. I don't know which one's which. Like, I've been in show business for 40 years. One of them, I think, is named Matthew, and the other one has a different name. They look I like the same guy. Matthew and Lucy. not Matthew. They want to do this for Back to the Future. They think I'm a true fan. But I, I would do terrible with Back to Even the though future. I love. Back I have some. I'm not really good at Back All right. Let's future. see. We have just four more questions. Two more questions, I think. Two All more right. chances to humiliate Dan. Yes. Uh, who commanded the first Death Star when it was destroyed? Oh, Daniel had it first. I saw just, Daniel. That, just to make you feel good, what what do you think, Daniel? Peter Cushing. 
I okay, mean, how about that, yeah, that's the, the actor that played him. Actor, right? yeah. Come on, I don't know his name. I think. All right, counts. give it to Rich. <laughs> Governor Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. played by Peter Cushing. Yeah, Peter Cushing. Yeah. 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 Hey, I am I you. the only one? Can Why I show credit? Can I ask a question? So there's yes. Darth Vader. There's Darth Maul. Maybe Darth just means douche. <laughs> maybe, yeah. like, maybe you just know if that's what you name the guy, he's going to be all like a jerk to be in your face and want to take over running, the world. There's the running joke that uh, Siths use Darth like rappers use Lil. <laughs> <laughs> the other girl didn't even know what that means. I don't well, know. Well, there's a whole bunch of rappers that are like, like Lil, Lil Wayne John, and Lil oh, Wayne. Oh, Lil, Lil, Lil Wayne. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, like, yeah, so the you joke have to is that. Too much <laughs> no, that's not an Atlanta joke, but you know. Just kidding. All right. Who, um, but what, where are we? So, we, Rick, can Rich and I, no, we both were wrong because he wasn't governor. Yeah, he was a grand I got the name right, but the title wrong. Oh, okay. Sorry, Rich. I'll take that off. That's okay. okay. All right. Uh, hey, at I my age, I'm lucky. I don't even remember <laughs> the first Star Wars. I should have asked you some trivia. Uh, because how about, well, I mean, how about we just give me one point for being on the poster? Of a yeah, Star Wars right. project. Yeah, he gets. Yeah, that's multiple points. One point. That's all I want. Daniel, you Daniel gets an honorary doctorate in Star Wars. Yes. Padme yes. was the yes. queen of weeping. <laughs> He's not the wrong. Youngling. The youngling. He's not wrong. Uh, he's not wrong. I guess I'm rich. But he's wrong here. All right. Oh, sorry, Lee. <laughs> oh, should I go? Naboo. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Naboo. He has Naboo. Nabu, yeah. Yes, Nabu. That's the... That's right. You did the answers before. You know, she's I, like, I give up. Well, someone said it right, yes. Yeah, so. Zoom tight. Oh, Can you imagine no. when they put that head on her and she was like, I got to wear this? <laughs> I'm sure oh, it was very comfortable. I miss, like, <laughs> oh! That's what it would have been like when they put that head on her. It weighs so, about yeah, seven I pounds. Missed, um, let's see. That one. That one. Uh, well, I'm just doing it for fun. There's no comments on this. Uh, oh well, someone at least said you win. They must, uh, like, oh, he must want He must want another roll. Something. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> well, All right, last one. All right, last one. Here this, we go. You could tell that uh, Desiree wrote it. I don't like this. His music. Oh. All right, let's go. What title does Kyler Ren take after Snoke is killed? Oh. <gasps> Lee okay. doesn't. <laughs> Took me a second. Not Tony. Like Tony was the first one. Mm-hmm. Fine, Tony. Supreme Supreme Leader. How about you, Lee? Supreme Leader. All right, Rich. Do you? Yeah, I. No? I go with the Supreme Leader. I don't. I didn't. Couldn't remember what exactly it was. Yeah, it's Supreme mm-hmm. Leader. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Can we just talk about Snoke for one second? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Now, in the first place, Snoke, like. He, they make him look all big. He, I thought he was going to be like three three inches tall. I thought that would be funny. But then Snoke, he sits in like a throne room with curtains that catch on fire. He's like, now why would you have curtains that could catch on fire on a spaceship? That's the stupidest thing. Snoke is dying because evidently he knows everything except a, a sucker punch. And then... The curtains are burning. And Plot twist again, guys. Er, no, no. Spoiler alert. Spoiler spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> that one didn't come out 50 years ago. Curtains. It's not like... That's what I, happens. I really want, I really want my chamber. I really want my chamber to be pretty. 
The real but answer. Bring people in here and kill the real, them. The real answer for that is because it looked cool on screen. All right, it's not someone has. <laughs> I've, I've listened to the director co- like do a commentary on that. He's like, yeah, it wasn't. He's like, we were pitching stuff around. Wouldn't it be awesome to have flaming red things all around? <laughs> and that's basically where that probably came. From. See, once right. again, the guy from OSHA would be like. You can't have curtains in here. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. If you're going to have lightsabers, you can't have curtains. <laughs> Fire hazard. Very good conversation, everyone. I had uh, fun with this trivia. I don't think there's another question. Um, Thank God. So that was, I only gave 10. Uh, so. So let me just put it. a couple of things oh, here. Oh, most stupidly won. <laughs> oh, yeah, who won? I think you mean One, smartly. Two, three, four, five. <laughs> This is Lee and Tony. This is my reward for not having a social life for like my whole teenagehood. You know, I I think it was a fair trade. (laughs) Sure. I mean, hey. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, okay. Great. So we are running on like 8 30. I could be here all day. Uh, But, you know, it is. uh, Be here all night. It's fine. (laughs) Listen, I have a life. I got to go. You know, like, come on, guys. No, but uh, let me uh, make sure that there's some comments. Um, okay, questions? let's bring it back to Daniel again. No, don't, Daniel. don't. Okay, yes. we just have a few, uh, co- more than a few. Uh, I don't think we comments. got the name of the character who you play in Fallen Order. Oh, yes, it's Grease Dritus. Grease Dritus. Let me ask you, please write that then. down, Lee, so yes, you can I'm answer gonna, it correctly. That's, that's what I gotta go do. I gotta go play Fallen Order. Yeah, man, <laughs> I'll be meeting him soon. Yeah, enough. you gotta buy it you yeah. buy to complete it? the whole uh-huh. everything you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just oh. want to ask a question. Uh, you work with Cameron on, on the game. Cameron Monaghan, great guy. Great guy. That's really what I want to know. Tell me more about that. <laughs> oh, he's... he's like hey, can I tell you guys, you think Lee and Tony uh, are really smart, and no offense, Cameron Monaghan is... He knows more about the canon of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and he is... He plays games, and he's of the... You know, like, he's probably Lee's age, I might guess. Uh, he's and and he's a great actor. So I come to work and I know my lines and I know I'm supposed to be like the Ernie Borgnine of the crew, right? So you know I don't I don't really have deep conversations in the show. Well, I had that one deep conversation, but Cameron is so smart. He knows so much, and he's very he's a very nice young man. And yes. as Star Wars goes, you, you remember I did a movie with another guy you may have heard of named. Harrison Ford. Uh, yes, you a little movie called The Fugitive. Get him on the show. Oh, yes, The Fugitive. Oh, yes. It was very hard not to, you know, we'd be sitting around late at night, and I just want to be like, you know, oh, what was it like on Tatooine? You know, but I didn't ask any stupid questions. Very good. Very good. No, <laughs> I mean, this pro. is great. Uh, right now, I'm just going to put up uh, some, um, you know, comments here. We're getting hate to mail. the end of the show. <laughs> I'll try not to put those. No, uh, I know, Tony, I know Cameron I know... from Gotham. I liked Gotham oh, so much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah. did such a great job as the Joker. He's such so a if good. Anyone guy. from here has a couple questions just to kind of end the show for Daniel, um, because Tony is a filmmaker in the area. Uh, Rich is an advocate for the arts. Uh, he doesn't think he's an artist. He's but very he creative. Has he's has a model railroad. The, the model railroad you see in the beginning—that's his. Yeah, oh, that's his, the intro that we use. And Lee is a graphic designer, illustrator. So maybe if you want to craft a quick question for Daniel, maybe something that can help you uh, in your career as a creative. 
I and then we'll um as we do that, I'm gonna just show some comments. Or anything on the you've seen or yeah, anything you want to talk. This is your chance, you know. Like he's, I don't think I can, you know, uh, afford him for the next time. So, all right. So this is it. <laughs> Considering uh -huh. I'm a retired electrical engineer, I'll leave that for the two younger guys. You got it. All right. That that means Rich never saw a movie that I was in. I think you've seen the Fugitive. No, no, I've I've actually seen a few of them. My thing is, I I've seen a lot of movies here, and I just didn't realize it until after I knew who you were. So, like, that's the you know, it's like you're in everything, which is great. There's a lot of things. I have I've my question. Would, my question would be like, what's how do you approach uh, a video game character versus more traditional media character for film and TV? Like, is there a difference of your approach, your mindset? Well, I'll tell you. You know, you guys, if you get to the the blessing of doing performance capture, it's it's the most freeing way of acting that I've ever had because you know you know your lines, but and you're not you're you're not held back by the costume or the blocking. There's a hundred cameras around you. So I've been in a few video games. I've been in um, uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order and uh, 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 something part three and L.A. Noir, Dead Rising 3. Uh, this is a problem. There's too much in my noggin. So when you do the act in the video game, you don't, you're not worried about blocking another an actor or whatever because there's, you know, everywhere there's cameras. And it's just freeing and a blessing. And there's a great director named Tom Keegan who's directing us, uh, like in Jedi Fallen Order. And he's just uh, an amazing actor's director. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I got. I put myself on mute. Sorry. Uh, how about you, Lee? Uh, what do you think? Uh, is there a question that maybe as a graphic designer, illustrator, yeah. um, maybe that you want to ask him? Definitely. So um, actually, the whole reason I started drawing as a kid um, and, and eventually became an illustrator is I was so inspired by like the concept art, especially for Star Wars. Oh, yeah. But for a all, like, McGuire, all kinds of movies. Ralph McGuire oh, art. Gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just gorgeous. And um, it, it really inspired me. And, and for a long time, I thought that's like what I wanted to do. So I just wanted to know, like, how much do you as an actor get to interact with that stuff? Or, or is it like, I know it's an important tool for like the directors and the people building the sets. Um, but I, I imagine, especially for like video games, you know, you're not really seeing that character that you're they about to They do. They show, they, show they have a sit down and they show you stuff that you need to know. Like when they when they cast me, I didn't know Grease Dritus was four foot tall, nor did I know that he had four arms, oh my nor God. did I know <laughs> that he wasn't human, because oh, no. none of that stuff was told to me. So uh, when they showed him to me, I looked at it, and before we left, I said, could you show it to me again? And I looked at it again, and then I ran out, and I drew, I drew it in my car so that I, because I had to be able to see what it was. When you're doing the game, it's weird. You can see, you can't really, because if you turn and look at a monitor, you're not looking at the set. But they, the way they do it is they put your avatar, you see yourself acting in a very rudimentary form of the set. So when I'm on the volume, I'm four foot tall and I have four arms. Wow. Uh, it's very weird. But um, when it comes to concept art, no, they don't generally... Uh, you, you know, I like on Final Destination, you know, there was many of the scenes were uh, storyboarded, but I was mostly in dialogue scenes. And I 
saw the storyboard for like the train and I saw the storyboard for the bus. Um, a lot of people use that stuff to, uh, you know, just keep everybody on track of what the shots yeah. are. When I direct you guys come to the, one of my sets, I mean, we had all this football stuff. I certainly knew what the plays were, but I even brought uh, some of the people from the Scranton area. Uh, John uh, came down and, you know, we have JB and uh, yeah. uh, we have uh, Jared, a lot of your crew from up there. And I trust them. I'm like, okay, you find an angle and shoot it. Cause you know, we cut the football all the way around. So I didn't, I didn't need to know where I was cutting. All I needed to know was I had shots of everything. Anyway, uh, concept art is used to be bigger because now they can do it. But when they did like the towering Inferno or most, you know, before Star Wars, Planet of the Apes, like mm. the concept art from Planet of the Apes is extraordinary. But yeah. it was the only way they could go in and they could go, this is kind of what it was going to look like mm. to the people at 20th Century Fox where they mm. wanted to pay for it. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. And um, I'm just going to go through a couple questions real quick from the audience. You don't have to get too much in debt, but just so you know that people are uh, keep it short. interacting. Okay. Uh, well, keep it short unless you want to be here all night. I don't care. I'm, I mean, I love uh, interviewing you, so I could be here. But uh, we are very um, considerate of your time. So we'll let me see what um, I'm going to pick. Some of We're them. just having a wonderful Most time. Most of them are comments, really, <laughs> which is really nice uh, just to be able to uh, see that people are here so let's see there's one here that's more independent well, uh, well, one will lucky louie and he'll hopefully this year dave alspach dave alspach one of the actors in lucky louie and a great guy introduced me many years ago to the star of the film basil hoffman who guys here's a here's a situation you can't even comprehend the the star of the movie passed away oh, wow. before it was finished finished I got to show it to him a great actor basil hoffman look him up uh uh, he got to see the, uh, you know, the final cut of the movie before it went into post-production. That's that's sad. Anyway, so this year we're hoping end of summer for Lucky Louie and hopefully uh, somewhere in the fall for the Super Bowl the following for the Hillman. Very good. Looking forward to it. We will put any updates uh, on our page. Uh, let's see. Another one is, wow, how brilliant, Daniel. Uh, have you considered a Broadway play? There you go. Yes, unfortunately, time. they haven't considered me. But, okay. you know, you yeah. never know. Not that yeah. I want to audition, but there's a bright golden haze on the meadow. <laughs> there's a bright golden haze on the meadow. Oh, Beautiful. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Uh, so we'll see. Rose, Rose, do me a favor. Put one together and call me. <laughs> All right, you got it. Let's see. Someone here. Let's see. Bring up the monsters. When are you coming back to Ohio again? I would love to meet you. And I and I made your were werewolf, Butch Patrick from. Butch Patrick, who plays Eddie Munster, yeah, in the original Munsters. So uh, I'll be in Ohio. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's a show coming up there soon. I'm going to Cincinnati, I think, for the Days of the Dead convention. Uh, oh, this is my new thing. Cool. This is how I, I fund making faith-based movies. I sign pictures like these. Yes, that's good. That's good. You need a lot of that. So um keeps us uh, your independent films here. And uh, let's see. Someone just asked if you were in Lucky uh, Louis. Are they going to? I am. You yes, David. I am, David. David, I know that you're telling everyone you're the star of Lucky Louis, but I have a little <laughs> part in it too. 
David. <laughs> David and I, by the way, let me tell you about this guy. I love him so much. We did, first play we did would have been 1981 maybe, or maybe 82 we did. Uh, we did uh, uh, Funny Thing Happened on the Way of the Forum. And uh, I love that, that people I did theater with in Bethlehem and, and Allentown uh, get to be in the movies with me when I make the movies. Uh, it's such a great blessing to have a friend for 40 years also be in the movie. So I love that's one of the reasons I love coming to the Valley. And David pays me ten dollars every time I say his name, David A. Smith. David A. Smith. David A. Smith. David A. Smith. <laughs> um, I think most of the last ones are going to be just uh, quick comments. Uh, let's see. Jared like being on the field. Uh, Jared was great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys, you have uh, Planet of the Apes rule. Oh, Billy, it's true. Planet of the Apes do rule. See, now this is the other thing. I look, Billy, Billy and I know each other from collecting. Monsters. He and I both love the Planet of the Apes. You can't see it, and I don't want to turn the computer around, but I have a wax Cornelius and a wax Zira standing right in front of me here in my home. Uh, so a lot of you got like you guys, you know, Tony, you got all the Star Wars toys. We were just a little too old. I had that packet. I didn't send away for it, the $11 thing. Yes. I wish I would have. But uh, we. Billy, Billy and I would have played with the 8-inch Mego uh, Planet of the Apes. Planet uh, of the Apes has a special play my, place in my heart, too, because when I was a kid, I had to... My mom had gotten the whole set on VHS, and every week I did, like, chores or whatever, and after the end of every week, I got one of the VHSs uh, over the course of a month. Mom. I so like your I, mom. Yeah, my parents were very <laughs> supportive of my very nerdiness. And then at the Mahoning Drive-In, I think it was last summer, they had 35 mil prints that they projected and showed at the drive-in in, in uh, mm -hmm. Lehighton. And that was amazing to see, like, Planet That's... of the Apes on 35 mil at a drive-in. So, like, I, you know, well, I'm not Mahoning, just Star Wars. Great, Mahoning place. rules. Can I say one thing, you guys? In, in probably, oh, gosh, it was when Battle for the Planet of the Apes came out, which would have been... 75 maybe, 76 maybe, probably 75. They did an all-night Planet of the Apes marathon at the Union Boulevard drive-in in Allentown. And they, the, but the, the cheat was they didn't show Conquest, which was the one right before Beneath, because they couldn't get all the movies in in the dark. And I was like, I made my mother take me. I have the best mother in the world. She took me. We watched. She fell asleep. I watched all the movies. <laughs> they showed. They showed them about your Star Wars thing. They showed them completely out of order. They showed <laughs> the new one first, then the first one second, and the second one third, and then the fourth one uh, fourth. Yeah, so I that one landed in the right place. I don't know. It's fascinating. I my cousin. Yeah, I like that's fascinating. No, it sounds like a date. Someone I'm dating. That's fascinating, Dan. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm thinking because my cousin, uh, who was came around and loved Star Wars with the latest like sequel trilogy, she watched them completely out of order. I tried to have her watch them in release order, and and uh, we watched A New Hope, and she said that's boring, and then didn't watch Star Wars until she watched uh, The Force Awakens, and then she went crazy about it. So we, she watched A New Hope, The Force Awakens, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, one, two, three. And then eight and nine. It's the worst way. I yeah, feel ashamed no. that she she watched it that way. But she loves Star Wars now, so it wasn't ineffective, oh, you know. But it's a terrible way to show anybody Star Wars. You shouldn't do it. But she just was like a new hope. I mean, she was like eight at the time, so she's like yeah. a new hope. This is boring. 
And I'm like, this isn't one of the greatest movies ever made. No, this is boring. So <laughs> Tony says not, that about all the movies, though, yeah, because you're a fan. <laughs> exactly. Not until The Force Awakens, which is her Star Wars, like, you know, that generational mm-hmm. thing. That's when she kicked off and watched everything else. And now she loves Empire Strikes Back. It's her second favorite. So, yeah, you never know. And she's allowed to continue. Yes, she's exactly. she's she's all right now. She's she's gonna be eighteen this year, and and we'll we'll let her stay. But you know, <laughs> this is this is really cool. I'm I'm very glad that this was uh, able to happen. Um, if there's anything else you know that you want want to get out about Star, about Star Wars, Wars, this is your time. If not, <laughs> I do have one last question for Daniel that I ask everyone that is on the show. Um, yep. So is everybody good? You feel that you have made the four that you have made it, made it your day. Yes. Do we celebrate properly? I'm so glad we did. Last year I didn't celebrate May the fourth as best as good as I could have. Mm. Uh, and this year it was this is like we were fun. like Tony, Luce, and I went to the Jim Thorpe Independent Film Festival a couple weekends ago. I'm like, hey, Luce, we should have a Star Wars talk just to just talk star wars i'm like here we are <laughs> so. yes yes and this is how things happen you know if anyone again i always put it at the end if anyone wants to be on our show uh you know we don't care if you just are starting in the filmmaking or you are a veteran like daniel i mean we want to hear all the stories because you never know who's out there listening right he could help somebody i know it's definitely helping me just yeah. learn about all these filmmakers and um, I'll bring it back to you, Daniel. I mean, thank you again. Um, the question that well, I ask so everyone and uh, we can all benefit uh, from is, what advice will you give to maybe your younger self uh, when you started the filmmaking, the television industry um, that you could maybe would have learned, would have want to know uh, to help you? Okay. Or if it's a second, uh, if you want to tell someone who's just starting in the film industry and getting a little bit uh, uh, discouraged because yeah, I've made I, discouraged is let's, let's start with that because I'm a bad example. Cause things happen for me very quickly, but I go back to, I think that was God's plan for me. So, you know, I was just honoring him and working, um, you know, two, two things. I, well, one thing, it all comes to the same thing. Number the only rule is you must always be gracious. You must always be gracious. That's what you must be. Not what you should be or what you could be. You must be. Uh, there's a lot of ungracious people who are successful, but um, we see them on the Oscars, and we see what that looks like, and it's it's really horrible. And and six million people witnessed ungraciousness at a level that is incomprehensible to right. a working actor or a working filmmaker who would have done anything for that opportunity. So that's right. the first thing. The second thing is. Like if you're an actor, I always say this is it all comes down to a simple thing. Hang up your clothes. So at the end of the day, actors take off their clothes and you walk down the rows of either honey wagons or the trailers and you see the clothes on the floor. I take my clothes, like even on Lost, when I was covered with mud, covered with mud, I took the clothes and I put them back on the hanger, knowing that the person was going to come in and take them off the hanger and throw them in a bag to wash them, but how does the person who wardrobes and costumes you know you respect them? Your clothes aren't on the floor. The thing that, that they have to deal with is treated with the same respect that you deal with your performance. So I just think it's important to love and respect and know that every single person on the set is working as hard as you. And 
I'm writing this book called The Audition is the Job and Other Truths that I've Learned in the Land of Make-Believe. And I will say that on the, if I've been in 200 things, I've been on 2,000 sets. You know what I mean? Because every day I've been on 3,000 sets. 3,000 times I've gone to work and acted. And uh, every time the people who try the least are the actors. And the people who work the most are, the actors come, they don't know their lines. Uh, it's very weird. So. Be gracious. And by the way, if you're gracious, that'll cover every other thing. So I should have just stopped it there. Talk about bring the lead. Be gracious and have fun. That's perfect. You could not have said it better. Yeah. Be gracious, be kind, uh, and know that you don't have to be the director. You know, you could be at the bottom just starting out, uh, but still having fun uh, and just learning from each other. Um, so I really do like, mm -hmm. like that. Um, Desiree, I'm going to let you um, just... I'll close it out. Close it out. And then <laughs> what I'll do is uh, at the end, uh, I'll show a couple of uh, um, comments, but I also want to just reshow your uh, demo reel and then we'll end it uh, for our guests. Just stay in the line for a few seconds. Uh, that way I can end the broadcast and um, you're still here. Okay. Unless you have to go, but stay here. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. But um, Yeah. Thank you everyone. And Daniel Roebuck, Lee, Rich, Tony, thank you so much, everyone in our audience, for joining us tonight for our special Scranton Talks for Star Wars Day. Uh, we have wonderful events coming up, so should be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on what the Independent Film Creative Love is happening. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to see any of our previous talks. If you can't make a live for any reason, they'll be on our YouTube channel and Facebook. We also have a podcast where all our the audio taken from our talks can be there to listen on the go. Check It's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for Scranton Talks. The Independent Film Creative Hub is here for you. It's geared to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. Be sure to visit our website, ourcreativehub.com, and join our directory. It's free to sign up. Yes, and uh, please follow Daniel's uh, social media. Uh, he's online uh, as Channel of Peace. I'll leave it on the screen. Uh, so uh, right now I'll play the demo reel. But again, thank you, Daniel. If anyone wants to just say thank you as well. Uh, we thank you so much. Happy. I'm going to say thank, thank you. you and goodbye. It was an honor to be on this panel with Rich, with these, these brat kids. <laughs> we did the best we could with them. Uh, but... Uh, God bless you all, and thank you for including me. And uh, may the it's our fourth pleasure. Be with it's our pleasure. May the fourth four? four? be with you. There you go. All right. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Have a thank good you. night. And thank you so much again for joining us for this Star Wars Day Scranton Talks. I hope you enjoyed your time with us and geeked out on Star Wars as much as I did. <laughs> I'm a huge Star Wars fan, <laughs> if you can't tell. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. And again, uh, be sure to follow us on our social media channels. We are on Facebook and Instagram at the Independent Film Creative Hub. And we're also on YouTube if you can't join on one of our live broadcasts. All the videos of our talks are on our YouTube channel, so be sure to check that out. And if there's anyone out there, any filmmakers, whether you're starting out or have had years of experience or you're a veteran like Daniel Roebuck, like please reach out to us through either our social media channels on Facebook and Instagram. Send us a direct message or you can email me directly. My email is Des Zelinski at gmail.com. It's D E S 
Z-I-E-L-I-N-S-K-I at gmail.com. If you want to be on our show, uh, send me an email or send us a direct message and we'll get back to you on a best date and time and we can work out our schedules. We'd be glad to have you to talk about your creative journey, your wisdom, your years of experience or what it's like being a colorist or an editor or an actor. Anyone can be on here. Um, just send us a message. And be sure to check out our website, ourcreativehub.com, where you can sign up to our directory. It's free for everyone, and we have amazing creative projects going on in films, and Luce is actually very busy <laughs> doing her own projects that she's been working on. She's working on a children's show right now and a documentary about the championship season, which the premiere for the documentary is coming up in August, so be sure to keep an eye out for that if you're local to the Northeast region. Um, that is a very interesting story. Um, a lot of people in the area know about that championship season. And Jason Miller, who is originally from this area, and filmed parts of that here. Um, be sure to check that out. So we're kind of going to be taking a break in June. But we're still going to have Scranton Talks, but not as hardcore as we had it in May. <laughs> um, this was like, we had like four talks in May. But, um, so we're going to like just kind of breathe a little bit and hopefully we'll get a couple more people lined up. And we're going to definitely have some special guests. So hosting special hosts hosting our Scranton Talk. So it may not be me. It may not be Luz. It could be a special guest and myself or a special guest and Luz while one of us does the behind the scenes live streaming. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. And we hope to see you again soon.